Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Taryn Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Harry's. Harry's is all about a great shave at a fair price, which is why over 3 million guys have switched to Harry's. And as a listener of The Taryn Show, you can claim a free trial offer from Harry's today. That's a $13 value for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. To get your free trial set, go to harrys.com slash Taryn right now. That's harrys.com slash Taryn. Of his social life. It's the Taryn Show. The Taryn Show. Don't ask if he's single, you already know. Cause it's the Taryn Show. A simple name for a simple guy with a simple face. It's the Taryn Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Taryn Show. I've got a great guest with me here today. I've got, uh, we're both, we're both snowed in here in Boston. Um, so, uh, it's, it's like a little cozy episode, uh, with, with lots of snow outside, but, uh, I've got Brett LaBelle here with me, uh, from Survivor. How you doing, Brett? Good, Taryn. It's nice to be snuggled up with you next to the fire and the snowstorm. <laughs> this is wonderful. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, Brett Pass was the on... Popcorn. Pass the popcorn. <laughs> Yes, uh, Brett was on Millennials versus Gen X, uh, where you came in what, like fourth or fifth? I came in, yeah, fifth. Yes. I should have been first, but uh, I should well, obviously. But what are you gonna do? <laughs> um, and you are a uh, a police sergeant in Boston. I'm a Boston police sergeant. That's correct. Yeah. Very cool. So, what what does that mean? What is a police sergeant as opposed to just a regular policeman? Uh, so yeah, we're like the line supervisors. It's, um, in my opinion, the best job of the department, um, you know, cause you're still on the street, which, you know, is that's something I love about being a police officer. Is I'm not in an office. I'm not an office person. I don't have the attention span for it. Um, I mean, I, I do have to sit on the desk every now and then, which I, I don't mind, but I do like being out in the public. I do like being out in the street and, and answering radio calls and doing stuff. So, um, which is nice because as a supervisor, uh, sergeant, we're out on the street and we're pretty much there for when, you know, if patrolmen, uh, what, uh, men or women have a question about, you know, something going on or they, they need to run something by a supervisor. I'm the one who responds and, and helps them on the scene. Also, if it's like a big scene and I go, I immediately respond and, and help out, um, with securing the scene or dealing with whatever needs to be dealt with, you know? Yeah. Did you grow up in Boston? Uh, I grew up in Newton, which is just okay. outside of Boston. Yeah, so it's it's like uh, if anyone knows uh, Boston at all, it's where Boston College sits. Newton is literally borders the city of Boston. Yeah, mm-hmm. what was it? What was it like uh, growing up in Newton? Oh, it's great. It's a nice town. It's um, I should say city. It's actually not a town, but it's uh, it's good. You know, it's like. Uh, you you could jump on a trolley and be downtown Boston anytime you want. Um, you know, it's a safe city. It was uh, wonderful people. I really enjoyed uh, growing up there uh, back in the days when, you know, you had to go home when the streetlights came on and the neighbor's mother would yell at you if you did something wrong. Like it was it's a great little community to grow up in, you know. When did you get into Survivor? Uh, well, technically the first, uh, season, but I didn't really watch it. I thought it was, I remember, uh, I was working midnights back then. I was a patrolman and we were all kind of in the station shooting a breeze and, uh, I could swear, right? Yeah. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Now I think about it, Zeke was swearing like a truck driver. Last. <laughs> yeah. 
talking about blowing guys and all kinds of crazy <laughs> shit. Uh, but no, um, so I was, you know, we're in the station shooting the shit as cops do. And, um, you know, they, they were talking about this new show and who's, who'd watched the, sh- you know, this new show survivor. And I, I had caught some of the, um, commercials. So I was like, Oh, what is this? What is this stupid? And at this point, like, w- you know, we'd heard of like, um, real world, I believe real world had been mm-hmm. out a few years. So I, I kind of knew what reality TV was. And I, I, I had the opinion that it was ruining America <laughs> And uh, so I was like, I'm not watching that. That's stupid. And uh, but the guys at work were like, it's really good. And now they have to do this and they're all maroon. And and I was kind of like half listening, going, what is this show? Like, what are they talking about? And but I I, I didn't watch it. And of course, uh, what I'm talking about is Borneo and uh, my now my friend Richard Hatch won, mm-hmm. uh, which I did catch. Like, I knew that like he was the winner. I might have even seen the little. The last episode, I, I but I don't think I did. I don't think I watched any of that season, uh, but I did see who had won. I did hear it was a gay guy, and I was that kind of uh, perked my interest. But um, so you know, but it wasn't till I went to uh, so my family every year would go on a ski trip, and we went up to we usually go to Loon. Uh, so I'm going to say it was Loon Mountain, and we always go up to Loon Looney Bird and uh, ski for like a weekend after the New Year's, you know. Uh, so this is probably like February. It's probably like the first or second week of February. No, you know what? I know exactly what it was. It was the Super Bowl. And um, so my brother was like, hey, we got to watch this show. Uh, it's on after the Super Bowl. It's airing after the Super Bowl. And at that time, they were going to air the second season where, you know, of course, spoiler alert, Tina Weston won and uh, Cole became in second. But I was like, what? I'm not why I said, I'm not watching that. Tonight. I'm not watching that foolish sense. <laughs> And my brother's like, no, 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 it's really good. It's really good. You're going to like it. Like, I'm not watching that. So we watched the Super Bowl, uh, you know, had a great time, had a few beers. And then, uh, you know, here comes Survivor Rolls on. So I'm like, ah, well, I'm here. I'll watch it. I loved it. I, I sucked two hours. I was sucked in. And I was like, what the heck? What? This is awesome. <laughs> like, I was like, not only is this a great show, not only is this a great game, but I could win this game. And uh, I literally you know, watched every episode. I fell in love with Tina West and I, I still adore her. I was lucky enough to meet her in August. She's just a great person. She's exactly what she's portrayed on TV. And I just met Kobe a couple weeks ago in uh, Austin, Texas for the live mm-hmm. notes and uh, what two wonderful people. And uh, I, I fell in love with the show and I knew that not only would I do well, but uh, that I could win that that show and, and, and the game. And I actually started, there was an open audition in Boston a couple weeks later. I saw in the paper, a couple of guys from work were like, Hey, we're going to go do it. I was like, yeah, sign me up. I'm coming with you. So we went up to, um, we did an open, we hit an open audition. This is when the season two's airing. So we're probably auditioning for season three, maybe even season four, who knows? I don't know how casting was working back then, but, um, might've been, might've been cast for season four at that point. Who knows? I don't know. But, um, we, so we went to, uh, it was at the Copley Mall. Uh, I'm sorry, Prudential Mall. So we went up there. We did an open audition there. I think I ripped my shirt off and started screaming <laughs> at the camera. And then we uh, we all went across the street to the whiskey bar and uh, drank beers because my buddy was working the the um, was the bar manager at the uh, at the whiskey. So we went over there and he and we literally got a nice little buzz on for about three or four hours on free beers. So it was great. So did did you keep uh did did that go anywhere like did you did they express any interest in you or did was it not until much later No I never heard anything back um and then another open audition came and a buddy of mine my buddy Harry was up from 
Florida, and he was all excited. He goes, I'm going to go try out for Survivor. And I go, well, I'm going with you. And it was at the Jordan's Furniture in, um, where the hell was it? They had just opened a new Jordan's Furniture. If anyone from the New England area knows Jordan's Furniture. Left on Spritbrook, right on Daniel Webster. <laughs> it's, uh, it's either Redding or, or Natick, right? No, yeah, Redding. It was Redding. So they just opened the one at Redding. And uh, so we, so I went there. We sat in line. I'm talking. like So the, the first one, the Prue Mall, the second season, that was a long line. But we, you know, as I was with three of my buddies, we were yucking it up, and we had a great time. And then uh, so the second time, I went to the one in um, – Reading and that was a long wait and I you know same thing I just I don't think I ripped my shirt off I think I tried to be funny and I don't think I was and then I think uh, I sent in a tape which was horrible God I hope they burnt it and never <laughs> heard it back and I think I hit another couple of um, open auditions I think they had one in Foxwoods and uh, and at this time a buddy of mine from my partner the kid I rode with and when you ride with someone on the police department. Um, you become very close with them. Actually, we sat next to each other in the police academy, so we were pretty good friends. And uh, uh, we were right, we were down District Four, which is, if anyone knows the area down the South End, um, working first house, which is four to midnight shift. And we were in the rapid car, which is a two man car. We answer all the, like the hot calls and you know busy calls and stuff like that. And uh, so what, you know, you, you're riding with someone for eight hours for, you know, you know, you do four, we do four, day, four on, two off. So you do four days on, two days off. So you, when, when you're with the same guy, four days on, two days off, uh, you talk about everything under the sun. So I think I'd probably said, oh, yeah, you know, we're talking about Survivor or Survivor come up. And I said, oh, I tried out many times. And he's like, you what? And I said, yeah, no, I tried out a few times. So we got in a conversation about that. And um he thought it was absolutely hysterical that I tried out for Survivor. And he's like, you know, you'd probably be really good at that, you know. And I, I don't know if he was half busting my balls or being truthful, but I agreed with him that I would be. And, of course, it didn't last long. Next thing you know, we're, we're, you know, the break room at District 4, uh, for any cops who are listening, they know how, you know, you, if you don't have thick skin, don't go to the break room at District 4 on the first half because it is just ball busting left and right. And so it was my day that I think the or it was one day the the show just happened to be on the TV while we're all eating dinner. And uh, someone goes, hey, LaBelle tried out for this. LaBelle's trying out for this. And I was like, oh, God, so <laughs> it's my night. and I was going to get it. And they were all over me making fun of me. And I was like, well, you sons of bitches. I says, I, I, if I ever get on, I go, you'll be the ones I'll be the one laughing at you guys because I'm going to win that stupid show. So it was a big joke. Big joke at work. They, that, that from that moment on, that's all I heard was survivor, survivor, survivor. So, which is what cops do. And then, um, so it was probably about, I don't know, maybe a month or two later. One of the guys who was in that break room, Mike McManus, he uh, he saw that there was an open audition at uh, in Norwood. Which I mean, Taryn, you know the area. Uh, no, yeah. I you know at the time um, I was living in High Park, so it's like right next to it. It's very, it's right down the street. So I says, Hey, so he sends it to me on Facebook. Hey, Brett LaBelle, you know, look at this. So I was like, Oh, you son of a bitch. So it was, uh, I was like, I'm going to do it. So I, and I read the, the advertisement and it said you could make an appointment to come in and which I'd never seen before. It was new to me that you could make an appointment, which actually was good. Cause now I don't have to wait in this long line. I was like, right. oh, beautiful. I can make an appointment. I'll, it'll be in and out. So and it was, I went and I was in and out and at this time, uh, I had been doing some um, improv at Improv Boston in Cambridge. Oh. Yeah, so I'd taken a couple classes there. So, uh, But I had something I was going to do, and I went up there and walked up. It was at the BMW, brand-new BMW dealer in Norwood, and uh, they had just opened. So it was kind of a weird place to have an open audition, but what the hell. So I went up there, 
and um, they gave me a, a sheet of like a sheet with bullet questions. And, and they're like, this is what we want you to tell us about. Yeah. And I was like, well, what the hell is this? I've never seen this before. So I literally had to like throw out what I was going to do. And I had to start writing. I thank God I had a pen in my pocket. I started writing um, stuff down that that I could uh, that I would answer. And I, I think I, I, you know, I say it's because of my improv training that I just ran up right in front of the camera at the last minute and uh, just started rambling stuff off. And I think that's why I came off really well. And within a month, they were calling me. I will say there was a really cool cutout of Jeff Probst, which I've seen a number of times. <laughs> That was there. And I ran up and a guy was nice enough to take my picture with it. And I think I said to the guy, it was this kid. He was kind of a geeky kid. I said, hey, uh, <laughs> next time I take a picture with Jeff Probst, it's going to be for real. And he was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, I don't know if the kid ever knew, but I actually did get that real picture with Jeff Probst. It's yeah, on my yeah. Instagram. Follow it at Brett LaBelle, Instagram. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, so it's cool. And then um, they call, you know, they call me back about, Two months later, and this is another good story. I did tell this on Rob, so I don't know if you want me to tell it on here, but um, I was actually at a, uh, a stabbing, a stabbing call come in. I was on my way to I was coming from an overtime, uh, which is like a detail, sort of like a road detail. And uh, so I'm driving into the station, and someone had just stabbed a guy down the street. So I, I was like, oh, sure, I'm real close to that. So I took a right, and sure enough, here comes the suspect running up the street. So I grab him, put him in cuffs, call for transport, and then um, – I go down. They said, well, no, there was no witnesses and the victim was taken to the hospital. So I was like, well, this has got to be the guy. So we didn't have anyone to ID him. So they said, well, the pizza place where they stabbed the kid had a video. So I said, well, I can ID him. Let me go look at the video and see if this is a kid that did it. So I, I, I go down to look at the video. And uh, sure enough, <laughs> uh, the phone rings and it's, uh, you know, <laughs> woman from casting. She's like, hey, uh, uh, Brett, this is Brett LaBelle. I go, yeah. She goes, oh, this is so-and-so from casting. Uh, I says, oh, I'll just say it, Caitlin. She goes, Caitlin for casting. I says, oh, my God. Uh, she says, from Survivor. I go, well, first, my first instinct was this is a cop making fun of me. But it's like, yeah. I, I have to go through with this. Because, you know, cop, they, they, they do this kind of stuff. They'll, they'll call you and pretend to be someone knowing that you want to get on the show. So I was like, but no, no one knew that I went and applied the second time. So or that, or this time. So no, no one, you know, Mike McManus had sent me the link, but I didn't tell anyone I was going to do it. So I was like, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not true. I wasn't sure it was really her. So I said, listen, I want to talk to you, but I can't talk to you right now. I'm in the middle of something at work. I said, uh, um, and I really can't run away. I said, but can I call you? And she says, yeah, yeah. Call me in about an hour when you have some time. So I said, okay. So, um, I finished, made the arrest. Finished what I had to do, gave her a call, and we literally talked for an hour, hour and a half. It was a great conversation. And that was, they were actually casting uh, Blood versus Water mm. at, at that point. And uh, the one that uh, Jeremy and Val actually got cast for. So um, I'm sorry, I, I'm taking a sip of my stout. I have a nice uh, uh, Irish stout going here. Uh, but I'm sitting at my bar in my basement, too, just so everyone knows. Um, <laughs> it's a good picture. Yeah. I, I mean, what else are we going to do? It's snowing up, you know? But, uh, uh, yeah, so, so I had a great conversation with, uh, Caitlin. She, um, she can't, you know, she, so we, uh, and, but I never got cast for them. So I never heard, so literally our conversations ended and I didn't hear from her for months, you know? Yeah. And so you, do you feel rejected when that happens? Like, uh, yeah, you know, like, uh, like you just went on a first date and then they, they don't call you back. <laughs> you know, that's exactly how it felt. Caitlin broke. <laughs> 
broke my heart. The first woman to broke break my heart since college. <laughs> well, maybe height. But um, no, uh, yeah, no, it does. It that's exactly how it felt. You felt like, what did I do wrong? What did I say wrong? You know, the conversation went so well. She, you know, she couldn't get enough of me, and then literally never calls me back. So I'm not the, t- you know, I'm a, I'm a proud man. I'm not the type of person to go begging and pleading. So I said, um, I, I called one more time and I said, uh, so, you know, we'd had our initial conversation. I called her once and I said, hey, uh, she, she had told me at the end of our conversation, I'm going to send you a big packet. You need to fill it out ASAP and get it back to me. So I was like, oh, cool, great, you know. So I don't get the packet in the email. So I called so call her once and I said, Caitlin, never got the email packet. I'll give you a call. Let me know what you need from me. Uh, never heard from her. So I called again. Uh, Caitlin, yeah, you said you were sending that email. I just I want to make sure I gave you the right email. I gave her my email again. Never heard from her. So now I'm like, okay, I'm being iced. I'm mm-hmm. not not gonna I'm not gonna beg. So I called her back. I said, Caitlin, uh, it seems you've moved on. Totally understand. I just want you to know I would love to be on the show if you ever you know think of it or if I can fit into you whatever you got going on. Uh, please give me a call back. I'd be more than happy to to be on Survivor, you know, it's a dream. And I hung up and I said, I'm not calling again. And I didn't because uh, that's the way I am. And, and I'm, I'm the same way with Dayton. If you don't call me back, you're out. I'm sorry. I'm not going to sit here and beg. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, so, that's, that's the way to go, right? Like, uh, like, oh, look, I understand. It's fine. Like, we're good. If you ever yeah, change no, your mind. No, no, I mean, listen, it, it, listen, I gotta be honest. It, it, it was, I was, I was so floored that they called me back. I mean, to to be called back, to be trying out since the second season, right? To go see how, to go through these lines and see how many people are auditioning, and to get a call and have an, an hour and a half conversation with a casting director. To me, that was huge. Like that was like, okay, mm-hmm. you're doing something right here. You know what I mean? Or or you know something. So, they saw something in you, so keep keep trying. And I was gonna, I'll tell you, I would have hit another open audition. I just it just you know it just never come up. I I was never I was. I said, I'm not going to go out of my way. I'm not going to go crazy on it because, you know, I've met tons of people that go crazy on this now, <laughs> you know, but like I, I was like, I'm not going to go crazy. But anytime it comes up, I'm going to go and, and try, you know, but, I, you know, the more I learn about this, you know, just so people don't, you know, maybe you should go crazy on it. Maybe you should send in as many as you can, because I'll tell you, they don't the one that hits them. They don't remember the last one, you know, so like the one that they don't remember me from the other times I applied, they just knew this one time they saw me that they liked, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, so I didn't hear from her and, uh, I was done. I was pretty much done with, well, done with that. I didn't think they were going to call me back, you know? So it was about three years later. I was sitting at my kitchen table as I do. My mother was talking to me and God forgive me on this, but you know, I was typing away in the, on my laptop. <laughs> uh, and you know, I put her on speaker cause she tends to go on and on and on. So I'm listening to her and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yep, yep. And I'm I'm pretending to pay attention to my mother. <laughs> and all of a sudden, uh, I hear bloop, bloop. I hear this, like, I get a notification, you know? So I go, what, what in the hell's that? I look over and it's like, hi, Brett. My name's Caitlin from Casting. We talked a few years ago. Um, I've been looking for your number. I lost it. I, I, I went through all the videos to find you and 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 I found your um, Facebook. Uh, please send me a message if you're still interested. So now, oddly enough, the interesting part of this story is that I had had a friend of mine. I had like super secret, and anyone that has tried to friend me on Facebook knows I'm I'm not really into Facebook. I don't I don't friend a lot of people, but I, I had like super secret. You couldn't even find me before on it, 
And um, a friend of mine called me and said, hey, I've been trying to friend you on Facebook. I, oh, okay, yeah, I, well, let me um, let me drop the security. I got tons of security on that. So I went in and I dropped it. He friends me. I friend him back, and I forget to put the security up. And like two weeks yeah. later, Caitlin hits me up. So if I didn't, if I had gone back in and put the security back up, Caitlin would never have been able to send me a message. It's kind oh, of man. yeah, it's kind of fate, you know. So survivor gods, we'll call it. <laughs> so um, so I says, all right. So I, I said, Ma, I gotta call you back. I said, I gotta call you back. I gotta call you back. I gotta call you back. I literally hang up with my mother. <laughs> And I, I call, immediately call Caitlin, and it goes to voicemail. I said, Caitlin, I said, I just got your message. You asked me if I'm still interested in being on Survivor, and I'm sitting here watching the Cambridge firefighter that you cast instead of me on his second season trying to win a million dollars. The answer is yes. Call me back. Here's my number. Six, you know, I gave her my number. Um, and, uh, and then she called me back, and we had another hour and a half conversation, and I said, listen, and she said, okay, here's the deal. I like you for this new season. We got, she wouldn't tell me what it was. She wouldn't tell me anything about it. She said, do me a favor. I'm going to send you a packet. I said, you told me the last <laughs> time that we went, we got to this point the last time and you never sent it. And she said, well, I'm sending it this time. I said, okay, but do me a favor. I said, promise me this. And she said, what? I said, if you don't send it or if you don't want me, just give me a call this time. And she's like, she started laughing. She said, yeah, no problem. But sent it. And uh, the rest is history. And we all know what a great season Millennials versus Gen X was, what great people I was on that with. And thank God I didn't get on Blood versus Water. No offense to Jeremy and Val. Those two, they're two of my favorite Boston people. They're great people. One's a Cambridge firefighter. One's a, uh, a police officer. And they're great people. But um, I'm, I think Millennials versus Gen X was an amazing season. I'm, I'm so proud to have been a part of it. Yeah. Who would you have gone on with if you had uh, made the Blood versus Water season? Well, so that's the thing, right? So at the time, I was dating someone for ten years, and um, you know, I think I think that's what they wanted. I think they wanted me with, you know, um, somebody I was dating, right? But mm -hmm. um, you know, we were very similar. The person I was dating and I were very similar, not not very, you know, we weren't very open about our situation. So he was not willing to go on, and I was like, listen. If I have to come out to be on Survivor, you know, I'm ready. At this point, I was ready. Like, I, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm just old enough where I'm just sick of this nonsense. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just done. I'm just done with people not knowing who I am. And I was just ready to come out. And, and he wasn't. And I, you know, I, you can't put, you can't make somebody go on TV in, in, in that situation. So I had to bow down, you know, and I, I did come. I had my brother said he would go on. He's a huge fan. He's like, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. So that was uh, the email was, uh, you know, I can't take this person, but my brother will come. And at that point, they probably already had Vetus and Iris and they had too many brothers on there. So mm -hmm. um, that that's where it was, you know, that and, you know, I mean, I was I was frustrated because I think if 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 I had gone on as a gay couple, I think I would have been on. But in the same respect, everything happens for a reason. Uh, I'm on a better um, I'm on a better seat. You know, I'm, this is this was a great season. I, I have no complaints. Yeah. Was that something that, that you dealt with for a long time? Yeah. I mean, that was, you know, and I've explained this many times, but uh, we could delve into it a little more than I usually do. Yeah. I mean, it, that was something that's always been in my head. It's something I've struggled with. You know, I, I totally don't fit the mold and I'm not saying there is a mold. I'm not saying that there, you know, there should be a mold. I'm just saying, I don't, you know, I've had this conversation with a friend of mine who's extremely flamboyant, very gay, and we, and we grew up around the same time. And he says, he, I tell him he had it easier. 
And he says, how the hell do you say that? And I said, because he goes, I had a horrible time in high school. He goes, and you like everyone loved you. And I was like, yeah, but you were yourself. <laughs> you, you know, everyone kind of knew. So it's like, you know, you didn't, you didn't have the choice to hide where, and I'm sure there's people can tell me I'm a jerk for saying this, but like, for me, it was like, it's kind of like because I could hide, I did, and it like just went on forever. And and it's of course my own fault. It's nobody else's fault but my own. I should have, um, but you know, I also went a different route. I went, you know, military. You know, I went, uh, you know, police force. So I went. I you know, I kept choosing these, you know, places in my. You know, I kept choosing putting myself in situations where it wasn't you know, so easy to come out. I, I would say it is now and I don't think people care and I don't think people cared then, but it, you know, I cared and it was more in my head than anyone else's, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I see what you're saying too, where it's like, just because everyone loved you doesn't mean that you felt the love because you felt like they loved somebody that you weren't. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of like, it's kind of weird. Like you're so scared. And then there's a part of you that's like, well, they only like me because they think I'm, you know, like them. So if they mm -hmm. find out that I'm not like them, are they going to like me? You know, it's 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 a very weird thing that I went through. And and again, it was all so the more you learn as you get older and the more you don't care what people think, the more you realize all this shit was in your head. The same. I'm still friends with the same people. That yeah. I was then. Like and they all love me and they all you know, they didn't care. And they and they supported me when I came out on the show and. And, and they, and they, you know, some of them knew or had an idea and some of them were clueless, which I don't, I mean, Jesus, you'd have to be home <laughs> to figure that one out, but, uh, you know, uh, but you know, whatever, but every one of them has given me support and, and, and had my back. So I, you know, I kick myself and I, you know, I have tons of young people hit me up and, and, and on Twitter and everything, tell me that they're struggling and, and they're in similar situations, football players, hockey players, whatever. And, you know, I tell them, I, I'm not, you know, there's plenty of people out there that will rally and, you know, that will say, and, and there's plenty of people in the gay community listening to me right now who are leaders in the gay community saying, you're a jerk, tell them to come out, blah, blah, blah. But I don't believe that. I, I believe I had a process. It took me as long as it took me. It took me going on Survivor to come out totally. And I think that's just what the way it needed to be for me. And I, I, I don't think, you know, there's people that it's not a good idea for, you know, some people are situations, family, you know, who's supporting them. Uh, maybe they can't come out. And I don't think it's that's such a bad thing. Like you come out when you're ready to come out. And um, I support those people. Like if, if you don't feel comfortable, don't do it. If you if, if you're like me at the time, I, I was ready. I was done. I was done hiding i was done nobody knowing who i really was i just felt like it was taken away from my personality and it does it, when you finally do come out um you realize how much of your personality stifled because you're hiding the secret you're lying about where you're going you know instead of saying i'm going to provincetown massachusetts you tell people you're going to fucking maine you know <laughs> uh it, it's like it's crazy the little shit that you do it's like everyone's like how was maine oh it's great it's fucking great i have no idea you know now, now it's like well, what restaurants did you go to I went up to, then you got to run to the bathroom, Google a couple of restaurants I made to run back. It's insane what I put myself through. It's crazy. And now it's like, I tell people, oh, I'm down at P-Town. Where'd you go? I went to Jimmy's Hideaway, one of the best restaurants in Massachusetts. Oh my God. I love that place. Me and my wife went there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Oh, by the way, my kid's fucking gay. You know, what, what do I do? I mean, it's like, it's amazing how many guys come up to me and, and ask for advice that, you know, never would have done that before because they would, 
you know, maybe they kind of figured I might be, but they didn't want to make me uncomfortable by asking me stuff. And I don't know, you know, it's like, it, it really stifles your personality that you don't it, like, I never would have thought that. And when, and, and now that I'm out and everyone knows it, I, I see the difference in me. And I think that my friends do too, you know? Yeah. Well, I, like, it, did it feel like it was just like the secret that you were holding in that you had to like, I mean, I guess it was like, you were like, you know, going out of your way to try and like lie to people and like hide this thing. Like it must've, it must've been a huge burden on your back. Like yeah, if no, your you whole know, life. It, when you're younger, you don't, you don't realize how much of a burden is as you get older, you start to realize it, this is a burden and, and mm-hmm. this is a bad thing. And, and like people ask you questions, you know, and you start like, are you dating? Where'd you go for vacation? You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, you're always constantly thinking like, I'm like, this is exhausting. This is just getting exhausting, you know? And of course, we're in a time now when you really don't have to hide, but I grew up in a time when I felt like I did. So I, and, and it was in my head that I did, you know? So I think it was just like, after a while you just say, fuck it, you know? Um, and, and, and I'm a ballsy person. And I think I just said, I, I, I just don't care anymore. And I think the guys at work, you know, some of my close friends knew. So I was kind of coming out to some of them and it was kind of, it was, it was a slow process. And that's why I say to people, you know, come out any way you want. You know, I did a slow process. It worked for me. Um, You know, if you need to be that person in high school that comes out, uh, great. Good for you. I think that's wonderful. But if you're that kid in high school that's not comfortable, maybe you're on the football team, maybe you're just one of these guys, maybe you just don't want people to know your business. Well, that's good, too. Take your time. Don't don't rush into anything because, um, you know, I've seen people um, in very bad situations because of this thing and like i say most of it's in 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 their heads but you know i I wouldn't rush anyone into it and i don't like it when people do you know yeah i well yeah i mean i as i think the important part is just being able to accept yourself yeah exactly exactly and um you know so more power to everybody for me it's been great um it took a long time but i I, you know i say to myself now i should have done a long time ago I really should have, but it is what it is. I came out on Survivor. How cool is that too? You know? Yeah. (laughs) Well, what was, what was that like? Like, was that a conscious decision to, to be like, okay, this is the moment. Uh, or was it, did it just kind of come out? I mean, when I was going through casting, listen, when I went, when I first took the phone call from Caitlin and casting and, um, who I love, I mean, I don't, I, I know, a lot of the super fans probably heard of her. They know her, you know, if you Google her, you'll find out who she is. But uh, she's just a, a loving, wonderful person uh, and is amazing at casting great characters. And, um, you know, not tooting my own horn, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> if you look if you look at everyone that she's casted, she's casted some really uh, big characters. And um, but like we had a long conversation and she kept and, and kudos to her. Like I wasn't giving it up. And she's like, well, are you married? No. Well, you got a wife. No. Well, you got a girlfriend. No. Well, when's the last time you dated? But what? like the she was firing questions at me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And finally, she's like, well, wait a minute. This doesn't make sense. Like she goes, I'm seeing I'm looking at you right now. You're not ugly. Like you're you're very personal. Why? Why haven't you had a you know, And I was like, all right. All right. And so I told like I I literally told her on the phone that I was gay. And I like to even spit those words out was so hot. And like, usually when I would tell friends, I would have a few beers. I'd be like, all right, here, have this. You're going to need this. And, and I'd be like, well, you know, you know this. And uh, they go, oh yeah, I kind of know. Well, okay. It's true. Okay. You know, we would never actually say it. You know, we just say, you know, cause cops, are, you know, that's just how we do it. But 
um, you know, and, and most of the time, like when I told a cop, we would never actually say it, but they're like, I love you. You know, I love you. I love you too. Okay. And, and then we go off drinking, you know? So for me to actually say it to a total stranger was like, that was a huge step, you know? And I just don't, those words never came from my lips. So, you know, so I was like, wow, I, I, I liked how like she knew now. And, and, and I knew that I was like, all right, well, if I go to casting, I'm ready. Like, I know I'm ready. Cause I kind of was trying to figure out, I was starting to tell a lot of people and I, I wanted to just kind of have it be done, you know? So I was like, well, if I actually get on the show, I'm just going to, that's it. I'm going to be the gay. I'm, I'm just going to let everyone know who I am. And, um, but, but of course, as we started getting closer, they were getting on the show, well, like at casting, right? So now I'm going through the uh, hell week, I call it. Uh, but it actually was the most fun was um, uh, the Hollywood week when you go and do a ton of interviews, Jeff mm-hmm. Probe, um, you know, uh, you every huge CBS Mark Brunette, every every big producer under the sun, and um, so I'm going in with them, and 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 you know I literally would barrel through the door. Hey, I'm Brett. I'm a cop, and I'm gay. And and like five minutes of me talking, they're like, "What? He's gay?" <laughs> like they, they go, "Wait a minute, go back to that. Wait a minute, talk to me about that." You know, like I, you know, because I just didn't come off as it, and I and I think they just thought, I, you know, I. I I just I literally kick in the door and just start screaming and yelling at everyone. So they they were having a blast, but um, you know it, it it started to get more comfortable like to just tell people like I was just kind of like here in L.A. I was gay, I was Brett, and I was gay, and I I didn't have a problem saying it. And it wasn't till my first interview uh, on the island when I literally retracted and freaked out, you know, because it was like you know for so long in L.A. It didn't matter what I said. I, I might not even have gone on the show and nobody would was none. You know, nobody from there knew anybody from home, so it wasn't a big deal, you know. And then when I got on the show, and then my first interview, you know, um, off, you know, when you did like a one-on-one interview with the thing, the guy, you know, starts asking, "What's it like being a gay cop?" And I was like, "Whoa, now we're on TV. <laughs> Wait a minute, time out, time out, back up, back up." You know, so I, I, I had a little, I, I didn't like that at all, and I, I kind of had a horror. Actually, you can watch it if you go to YouTube. You can watch. I'm in a gray uh, tank top. I look horrible. I look fat as hell but um and i'm like i think i'm like they got me like kneeling as not not kneeling like crouched like laying i'm i don't know but uh <laughs> it's one of those weird awkward yeah, confessional and, positions and, and, and he asked me about being gay and i was just so uncomfortable and it comes off so bad and i remember going back to um you know it was uh the pre-week i can't remember what they call that um before you go out and um i remember just like losing my mind going my god that's that's how i'm gonna come out to the world that horrible scene is how i'm gonna come out to the world and I was really freaked out about it and I didn't like it. And I, I pulled Caitlin aside and I was like, I, I, I'm not comfortable with this. I, I don't like that guy. I don't, I, you know, and it wasn't his fault. He, he was just interviewing me, but I had a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, he did a great interview, but I just wasn't ready to talk about it. And I freaked out. And I think um, if you watch the show, I'm a little uncomfortable in front of the camera for a little bit after that. And I'm a little uncomfortable until I literally said, Brett, wake up. <laughs> This is, you know, this is the game you've been wanting to play. Just, you know, stop worrying about it and just be yourself. Everyone loves you. You're going to do fine. So I just went out there and 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 I said, when I get the opportunity, I'm going to tell the story again. I'm going to tell everyone I'm gay again, and I'm going to do it my way. And, um, you know, I mean, the Zeke thing, uh, opportunity reared its head. I, you know, you know, Chris. Um, who was, you know, head over heels in love with me. It was very annoying. I was actually psyched. <laughs> I was psyched when he got voted off. But uh, he, um, you know, you know, one of my closest allies gets voted off. 
Um, and I literally was like, okay, who, who do I go further with? And I was like, I got to work with Zeke. I also knew that I could win Zeke over because we did have the gay connection. I had no idea that Zeke was trans. A lot of people think I did. I, I, I didn't know when we partied in Provincetown after he taped both shows that he was trans. He was a gay guy. He'll always be a gay guy to me. Mm. And um, so I was like, okay, we have a connection. He's gay. I'm gay. He, I, I, I would listen to him on the beach talk, gay talk, which I could talk. <laughs> I mean – it might be might surprise some of you guys, but I can. So I, I was listening to him. I'm like, all right, yeah, he like he's been around. He's in New York, so he hangs around gay bars in New York. So like, I know. I, I was like, I could definitely talk to this kid, and I knew that, you know, he just voted out Chris. Yes, but I need to get further in the game, and I I can make this work, right? So I knew at some point I'd be coming out to him, and I knew that I was like I said, I wasn't gonna, you know, I kept a lot of secrets out there. I didn't tell anyone I was a cop. I didn't tell anyone I was gay. But I knew that if I had to, I would use them to my ability. Here's a here's a chance that I could use it to get me further in the game. Um, sorry, folks, it's Survivor. I had to do it. So I went up to um, Zeke, and you know, I I actually the first time I think the first one we won together was the pizza, the floating pizza place. But I just didn't get a chance to talk to him. I, I you know, we were drinking, we were and we were pounding beers. I was like, ooh, I like this dude. Like, I, I, and we, you know, we. You know, after the merge, Zeke and I had several conversations, and he's just real enjoyable, easy to talk to, great storyteller, and uh, I I really jived with him, and the, and the two of us kind of hit it off, and we were like, I remember after the merge, there was these like two or three bottles of rum, and Zeke's like, who's going to hit this rum with me? And I go, I'm hitting that with you tonight, buddy. I'll tell you that right now. We'd never met, and he started laughing, and he goes, all right. So the two, he goes, so later on in the night, we're all hanging around the campfire. He goes, Brett, you still want to hit this? I says, absolutely, open it up. And so that we, you know, me and him, we're passing around, but me and him were just getting drunk off it. We're laughing and having a great time. And we like literally bonded then. And every day after that, we had conversations. And I just, I, I he could sense that I got along with him, and 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 I definitely thought he was cool, and he thought I was cool, and. And so we just kind of started the friendship there. We weren't really working together. We, you know, we, he kind of was working with Chris still at the time, but you know, we, we had never, me and him had never made any uh, plans or, or me, him and Sunday. So, um, you know, so, but I was like, so now I knew once Chris was gone, I was like, all right, I gotta, I, I need to make sure that I'm not the next to go. And I need to also make sure that I work with Zeke and get further with Zeke. And, and uh, you know, the one way to solidify him to realize I'm a good shit is, is to come out to him. So, um, you know, I just thought he'd have a different respect for me then. I, I don't know. I, I just thought maybe we'd have a, it would give us a connection, you know, it would give us a connection that we could both kind of draw from. So I was trying to talk to him at that pizza challenge, but it, we just didn't get enough time. And then everyone, then the, then the letters came and everyone starts crying their eyes out. And I was like, Oh my God, this is not going to work. So, um, the next day we end up doing that. Now we're good friends. Cause we were drinking all night at that thing. And we do the um, the snake challenge where I lose my jo- my drawers, which was embarrassing as hell. I, I mean, like they don't show up, but everything came off, and like like the whole crew saw everything, and it's just <laughs> it's just embarrassing. But I always but, wonder about that because that happens all the time in Survivor, uh, and like no none of the contestants ever seem to to care that much. But uh, I'm a, it, but I'm a bashful. But I'm not like yeah. I don't like I'm not a uh, I'm not a I just I did not like that. But it, and I and so I made a joke out of it. It's actually on. I jump up and I go. I got naked on Survivor. In turn, being embarrassed and yelling that out 
because uh, I was trying to make light of the, the fact that I was buck naked in front of these people. <laughs> it's just it's just weird. I don't know how people can be strippers. I don't get yeah. it. <laughs> like, how can you run around naked in front of people? I don't get it. But um, uh, so, uh, I, you know, so I jump up and I say, I just got naked on Survivor. Now, oddly enough, when that show airs, um, Richard Hatch tweets out, join the club. <laughs> Bingo. Now I'm starting a conversation with the first winner and, you know, my hero, Richard Hatch. So I tweeted back and it ended up uh, with dinner with him, Fishback, and his uh, now ex-husband, which I'm sorry, Richard, I feel bad for you. Um, but they were dating. They, they were husbands at the time. But we all went mm-hmm. out to dinner in um, uh, Newport. And we had a great time. He's a great guy. A lot of laughs. So um, it was funny. That one line <laughs> uh, led to that. But uh, so. Um, anyway, so we, we, that snake challenge was, it was tough. It was hard. Uh, we ended up, uh, all working together really hard on the puzzle. Uh, I noticed that there was a paint scheme on it. And so I said, Hey Zeke, follow the paint scheme. So we started following the paint scheme and we ended up winning and getting the helicopter thing. And that, um, you know, led to, it actually just was kind of like a perfect storm. Um, David went out on a walk, which is what we call when you go to get interviewed. So he was going on an interview and Sunday goes, you know, um, I have to go to the bathroom. So she jumped up and I was like, beautiful spot, beautiful beach. Beers are flowing. I got a nice buzz on me and Zeke alone. I'm, I, I'm making this happen. And I, you know what? That is how I would want people to know. That is how I would want to come out. I come out to my friends when we're in a bar drinking, having a few laughs. And that's exactly how I came out to Zeke, you know? Yeah. Except we had a beautiful beach with sand and, and, and an unbelievable lunch. Yeah. Well, so did did the fact that this that you knew this was going to be aired like enter your head at all? Um, yeah, no, I knew this was definitely going to air. I mean, you could Zeke to, on uh, Rob has a podcast. Zeke um, actually explains it a little better than I did. He 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 says that uh, you know you could feel the um, uh, you could feel the the air like the temperature drop. You could feel like the the cameras come in, which is <laughs> yeah. like like. Everything got quiet. It, you just knew this was a big moment on the show, and it was going to be, and they were excited to have it. Uh, but it was really my decision. Like, um, it, it really was. Like, I'd been trying for, like, how am I going to do it? How am I going to do it? And 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 it just kind of, it just kind of came. It just kind of happened. Um, and it just kind of worked out, and it was perfect. Now we were alone a lot longer. They, you know, they cut it so it looks like Sunday comes back right after the thing. But we we had had a long conversation about a lot of different stuff after that. And, uh, so she was gone for, for quite a while, but, um, yeah, no, it was, it was good. And, and, and I did know it was going to air and I didn't know, um, that it would, you know, I would, you know, be announcing on national TV that I was gay. And, but you know what I said to myself, you, you took the bull by the horns, you know? And now that's, I, I said, I hope to God they don't show that first stupid video that you did. <laughs> I hope that they just wait and they wait and don't tell anyone because, you know, most people are so flawed when I tell them I'm gay that, you know, let let let, let everyone just kind of get to know me and have judge me and, let, you know, f- you know, think of who they think I am and then let them, you know, see, well, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's played out great. And, you know, obviously that the producers were smart enough to figure that out. And I mean, I, I'm I'm a little bummed out that they did put my first video on the web before that other one came out. But, um, cause I hate it. I, I don't like it at all, but, uh, Hey, listen, you know, they're, they're the producers. I'm not, they know better than me. So, 
No, yeah, I, I mean, the way that it aired, at least, was definitely, I feel like, uh, like perfect for for all the reasons you described, and it it really was like a beautiful moment. Um, so, like, if that's if that's your coming out moment, I feel like that's a it's it's a pretty good one. Well, thanks, Taryn. Yeah, no, I I think it was pretty cool. I think it was pretty cool. I mean, uh, how many people get to a coming out moment in their lives on a beach? Beers are flowing. Beautiful. You know, it's just it was it was just unbelievable. It was really cool. It was, it was a great experience. I'm glad I, you know, I'm glad I waited, you know. Yeah. Was there anyone uh, like in your in your life that that like found out that way and was surprised? Yeah, I had. um Yes, I had a buddy of mine from high school I was very close with, right? And of course, he, you know, he went in the um, military off to living in Texas, uh, my buddy Walt. And, uh, you know, he was very moved by it. And he, he, you know, he sent me some message. I, you know, I feel awful. What, you know, I feel like we should have done something, you know, it's really sweet, like really nice. It's like your buddy. This is your buddy you grew up with that you, you know, and I just said, dude, it, it was all me. It wasn't you. Uh, there's nothing you could have done. I wasn't, you know, this was the eighties <laughs> in the nineties. I wasn't coming out. You know what I mean? It's just, it was very sweet, but you know, the, you know, the, so there was people that were completely flawed. You know, I think anyone that was in my life for a long period of time, uh, had it figured out. Right. Uh, but didn't knew I wasn't comfortable talking about it and didn't want to make me uncomfortable by talking about it. So they just kind of let me have my privacy, which I, I appreciate, you know? Yeah. Um, so tell me about, uh, about becoming a cop because, uh, I know very little about this and I'm very curious about, uh, about this lifestyle. So like how, like what, what made, what interested you in this, uh, this career? Uh, the only way I can, I can explain it is I was one of those kids that always wanted to be a cop. I had the siren on my bike when I was driving around the neighborhood. Um, you know, not a geeky thing, but I mean, I, once I get a little older, of course I took it off, but um, no, I mean, like when I was a little kid, I just always, I was just like, always thought it was cool, you know? And, um, I, I thought the firefighter thing was cool too, but I don't know. I was just always drawn to the cops. I always wanted to do it. And then, um, I got into high school. I was working at a gas station in Newton and, um, actually no, I started working at, uh, I started working when I was 14. I was a bus boy at this place called Langley Deli in, in Newton center. Um, and it was just. Jewish deli. There's some funny guys work there. It was, it was uh, good people. I mean, I, I enjoyed working there, uh, but I was 14. I was busting tables and, and, and uh, cleaning dishes. I actually really enjoyed cleaning dishes because I could play a tale of Dane in the back room and just like be left alone and, and wash dishes all day and get paid for it. And, uh, but the cops used to come in and eat in the back. So they would get free food by coming and eating in the back. And uh, back in those days, you know, they didn't get paid a lot. So a lot of the restaurants and stuff would uh, – uh, it's changed over the last 20, 30 years. The pay has gone up a lot. But a lot of the restaurants and stuff would, you know, um, come in, give them a discount or something like that. So the cops just come and eat in the back and just shoot the shit with me or hang out while I was washing dishes. And I just started to get to know a bunch of them. And then I started working at the mobile station and – um, they used to come in there and buy cigarettes. So I'd talk to some of them there or, you know, and then, they, or they recognized me from, Oh, the kid that used to work at Langley Deli. And I just got friendly with them. And, um, you know, I just, just really realized what great guys, you know, a lot of really nice guys and, um, all, you know, family men, you know, working these crazy hours. And, um, I, I kind of just realized I kind of fit into the whole community <laughs> and, uh, you know, they used to hang out at the gas station with, uh, they knew my boss and everything. So I, I don't know. I just kind of, I, I always wanted to do it. And I started to get some role models who were really cool guys. 
And they kind of steered me and told me what I needed to do. They told me to go to college because I wasn't going to go to college. Like, no, no, you should get a degree because you get paid more having a degree. So I went to Northeastern for criminal justice, which is in Boston. It's a school in Boston. And um, I really, uh, you know, just kind of once I got out of college, I taken the police test a couple of times and, and get called right after that. So I went and I didn't think anything of it, you know. Yeah, so, uh, was your uh, was your family like uh, supportive of this decision, or were they apprehensive about it? Yeah, no, you know, my dad was very supportive of it. My dad was a uh, uh, was a salesman for Digital Equipment Corporation, which was a big computer company, one of the first computer companies in America. And uh, he got that job when he got out of the military. He was working in computers and uh, come out, got that job, and and did very well. He went up the ladder and and did extremely well. And, um, but he told me, he says, you know, that's a great job because you, you're always going to have a job. You know, what's nice about being a cop. I mean, listen, there's a lot of downfalls to being a cop. You, you're working like I was working New Year's the other day. I mean, I, I can't remember the last time I got to go out and have fun on New Year's, uh, Christmas, you're always working uh, all the holidays. I mean, you know, this, it, it, it can suck, but it can be good too. Like I get a lot of days off during the week to get stuff done where a lot of people have to work on, you know do stuff on the weekend. So, I mean, there's, there's plus and minuses to it. Um, but you know, it, it's, a, it's, it's a, the nice thing is, is, you know, it's, they're always going to need you essentially. Right. Um, whereas my father was in, in business or, you know, in, in the business world where like, you know, they'd be talking layoffs. He's got three kids. He's not sure if he's going to be out the door the next day. Like that, you know, there's, just pluses and minuses to everything. He was making good money, but he could have gotten laid off for six months or seven months. So, you know, he kind of told me, he goes, you know what, this is a, this is a good job. You can make good money and, and, uh, and it's job security. So he, you know, he, he was always very supportive of it. Plus he knew I always really wanted to do it, you know? Yeah. Like what, were they ever like worried about your safety or anything like that? Oh, you know, they always worry about my safety. Like, but I mean, they know, like during the boss, <clears throat> Boston marathon, mm the texts were going crazy. They knew I was working. They knew I was down there. They knew, you know, so they're nervous, you know, uh, during the Watertown thing, they wake up, Oh God, they're all in Watertown. So they're nervous, you know, um, you know, they see stuff on the news. Oh God, Brett's working tonight. Yeah. So they text you. Okay. We saw something crazy going on. Yeah. I'm okay. You know? Um, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're ner- like any family would be, they're nervous, you know, but I, I mean, like, I don't think it's my job as being that dangerous. I can remember I was sitting, my, my cousin's a pilot for American. And I always thought of a pilot. Oh my God, it's such a dangerous job, right? <laughs> I don't know why, but because I always think of plane crashes. But my mm-hmm. cousin looks at me, and goes, "Are you out of your mind? Like your job's more dangerous than mine? Like I, I, I just get us up in the air and then I don't do shit." He goes, "You're getting shot at, stabbed, or whatever." I go, "Geez, I never thought about that. Like I think of a pilot's job as being more dangerous than mine. I, I just because I'm so used to doing. It. I've been doing it for twenty years. Like I just don't even, you know, I don't think about it. And you know, you kind of, I don't know, you know." But I guess, it, yeah. you know, it is. It's a very dangerous job when you look at the stats, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, like, were you, so you you were never, really, like, really concerned about, uh, like, the danger aspect? Um, hmm. You know, I just always wanted to do it. So I knew the danger was there, but there's danger in every job. And I just always wanted – it's just something that's just drawn me to – I just always wanted to do it. You know, I always wanted to be a police officer, and I was just totally drawn to it. Um, and I don't think I could have done anything else until I tried it, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, I ended up really liking it and I, I, you know, fit into the whole click and I just, it's been great. It's been a great career. I got no complaints. I work with great people who are some of my best friends and, 
um, you know, it's, 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 it's a good career, you know? What kind of stuff do you usually do like day to day or, or have done over the course of your career? Like what kind of, um, like, you know, cop like activities do you, uh, do you do? I mean, I've, I've done it all. I mean, I was in patrol for the greater part of my career. So, I mean, I've been to domestics, I've been to the hostage situations. I've been to, I mean, I've been, I've been to it all, you know, car crashes, train crashes, People run over by trains. People, you know, whatever. I've I've seen it. I've seen a lot. And but you you know, every time you think you've seen it all, something else crazy happens. You know. Yeah. Um. So, uh, but no, I mean, I, I've done just about every aspect of patrol. I've never been a detective. Um. Not saying I wouldn't. I mean, if I was a detective now, I'd have to be a detective sergeant. Uh. But you know, I'm not against it. But I I, I like the. I'm more of the, I like the excitement of the job. Like I like, I, I don't like to clean up afterwards. I like to go when something's going wrong. I like to help people, um, in, in the, in the moment, you know, like, um, mm -hmm. and I like to, like, if somebody just robbed somebody, if somebody just shot somebody, I like to be able to catch them. Uh, there's nothing better than when you can bring somebody to justice for harming another person. You know what I mean? So that's, I, I really do enjoy patrol and patrols. It gets no, you know, it gets no, very little um, notoriety. Uh, everything, you know, when you watch movies and you see that everyone's a detective, everyone, oh, the detective. Don't you want to be a detective? You know, it's like, no, I want, I actually want to do police work. So I'm, I'm a police officer. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but no, I mean, it's, 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 it's a very rewarding job. Um, and I, I've really enjoyed it. You know, I, I, I don't know, like something about you, driving around, being on the street, you know, getting flagged down, helping people. And then at the moment's notice, the shit hits the fan. I, it's just, it, it, there's nothing like it, you know? Does it, is it, does it feel like uh like an adrenaline rush? Like knowing no, that anything can happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I, I gotta be honest, the, the older you get on this job, right? The, the less you <laughs> want stuff to happen. You know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, but I'm just saying like there's times when um, you just, it, it also becomes like you want to, you get to know all these people, right? They're all the people you work with. So you want to be there for them when, when something goes wrong. Like when guys are, you know, struggling with someone or fighting somebody, you want, you want to come and help. So like, I just like being out there to be able to help or do whatever I can do to help. You know, I don't know. I, I it's, it's kind of, I can't explain it, but to me, patrol is probably the best part of the department. You know? Yeah. Uh, it's like, do you, do you have trouble with some of the things that you have to like see and, and, you know, uh, be be a part of like i mean obviously there's a lot like you mentioned uh you know like hostage situations and uh you know like uh all, all sorts of crazy things like does that does that bother you i mean that doesn't happen every day i mean let's like but no, right. i i think it does when you're first on um i can remember when i was first on going to uh you know you go to these crazy calls like crazy calls and and like just shit just goes bad bad fast and you know, whatever happens, somebody gets locked up, somebody goes to the hospital. But, but I can just remember, like, adrenaline does weird stuff to you. And it can scare a new cop. And because it'll make you shake. And, I, like, when you go, when you're rushing to something, like, someone's just been stabbed. I mean, that, that you got to understand, that that comes over the radio. Someone's just been stabbed or someone's just been shot. A description of the suspect comes out. Now you're driving there. And all of a sudden, you see the guy. Now, now your adrenaline's going crazy. Now you're jumping out of the car. You're chasing the guy down. You get him. When all that stops and you notice yourself shaking and you're like, why am I shaking? And I'm like, I don't want anyone to see me shake because I'm a new cop and I don't want these cops thinking that I'm scared. So mm -hmm. you're trying to hide it. You put your hands in your pockets and you're going, why am I shaking? 
an older cop, no, now I know that's an adrenaline pump. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like everything's over, but it's like your body's still going. And you know, as you get, as you have some time on, you kind of, you know, you you can. I, I don't know. You just kind of deal with it, or or maybe you don't get that excited anymore. I don't know. I I can't explain it, but. I've seen new cops do it and they get off and you can see they're freaked out and you can see them like, and it's not like I have to, th- it's not that they're scared. It's just, that it's just, adre- they don't know how to handle the adrenaline rush. You know what I mean? Um, but that's your, bo- that's your body's defenses. You know, like, like you're going into a dangerous situation where you might not, you don't know, if, you know, you don't want to screw up cause you don't, you want to come out. Okay. You want your friends to come out. Okay. You know? Yeah. So, I don't know if I'm explaining that very well, but no, I, I mean, I think that that makes sense. Uh, you know, I, I, I obviously have that happen to me all the time. Like when I'm playing, uh, games online, like a uh, very similar experience. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you, like now here's the thing I'll say, cause we live in this crazy world where everyone plays video games and everything, but <laughs> you know, when you see something that's for real, it, it, it never leaves you. It, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's something that that's, you know, it, it gets easy. Like, I'll say this, like, when you see awful things and, and EMTs and, and firefighters will tell you the same thing. When you see awful things um, and, and that we're not supposed to see, right? Th- these aren't things that we're supposed to see and, and we shouldn't be okay with seeing them and we're not right. So you get so used to kind of suppressing it and the things that will bother you, like for me, the things that really bother me or, or, or will bring emotions to the surface are anything to do with children who are, who are just defenseless. You know what I mean? Like, like anything that's innocent animals and, and kids. And that sounds bizarre, but it, it, like to me, anything that's innocent and, and, and can't, um, didn't bring it. They couldn't possibly have brought anything. <laughs> this is going to sound bad, but couldn't have brought anything on themselves. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I had tears for, right. So that's the only things that will get me going at this point in my career. Um, I, I, and and maybe it's just that it's just that you suppress the rest of it, right? So something like that is so bad to see a kid hurt or something like that. It's so bad that you, you can't help but be emotional, right? Um, whereas adults, you kind of feel like, well, I don't know. I you gotta suppress something. Here's what I'll say. A lot of times people come up to me and go, Tell me the craziest thing that ever happened yet. Tell me the weirdest thing. And I can't I look at them with a dead face. I can't tell them. Because everything's <laughs> You suppress it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But once you start telling one story, it'll lead to another story. And then they all start coming up. You know what I mean? So it's funny how I, I call I think it's kind of a defense mechanism where um, and I think most cops probably go through with it, um, you know, and, and you just kind of like you, you're not going home thinking about it. like I can remember one of the first times I did CPR. I was training. And I did it on somebody I knew, which is bizarre. It was a girl overdeed. Odeed. I'm not going to get into names or something. But uh and it was somebody I knew. I knew her sisters who were literally screaming my name, save her, save her, right? So it was, it was I remember going, it was, I think it was Halloween. And I remember going, literally leaving work. Okay, work's over. You know, uh, she ended up passing away, right? So now I have to go to her um, wake or funeral or whatever. But um, I, I can remember like leaving there just going, what in the hell just happened? Like that was some, like, you know, like what the hell was that? But like at, more time on the job, you don't, you don't even dwell on it. Like you just move on. Like it's just a day's work, you know? I mean, obviously you don't know, always know the person that you're doing it on. Uh, and I actually, oddly enough, right before I left for survivor, I did it on somebody and, and they live. So that's great. That's a good story. Let's tell a good story too. Um, but my point is, is 
you don't always remember everything. Like you, you just get good at kind of. It's kind of like if you were. Um, how do I put this? If you're like a um, a stockbroker, I'm sure you don't remember every f- stock that you've sold. You just kind of you, you just forget about. It. I'm sure you remember the first stock that you sold, but I'm sure you don't remember all the stocks you sold during that day. And I mean that's kind of how it is. You just it's a job. After a while, it's just a job, you know. And it's sad because, but we have to see we have to process and, and see so many crazy stuff that you try not to dwell on it. You try to move on and, and all right, what's next, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Am I explaining this well, or am I just babbling? No, no, it it makes sense. Um, like, how how do you how, how do you see your your job and like your yourself in terms of like like do you see yourself as a as a protector as somebody that is doing good work to protect people or is it more of like a job or or is it more of like a you know like a uh like this is a community that you're a part of like how how do you see it. No, I mean, I definitely see myself as a protector. And I think I think the, the more you're on the job, the better you get at it. You know, um, I, I, if you would ask me when I was new, I'd say, you know, I'm the new guy. I, I'm doing all the hard work. They're not. But, you know, the older cops, they, they get it, man. They, they know who needs to go to jail, who doesn't need to go to jail. Your chances of getting a break, you know, and I, I know the co- I, I shouldn't even be saying that this shit, but like the um, <laughs> the older guys, they they get it, man. It, they know who who needs to go and who doesn't. Like they just, um, they've done it so much. Um, that, you know, they're they're more comp- they can be more compassionate. Um, you know, and, and it's not. It's just it's it's like any job. It's something you have to. It, it it's a learning curve, you know, and it takes a while to kind of get a hang of it. And and um, so I I, I think ninety nine point nine percent of all police officers out there are out there to help. And that's why they came on the job and, and, and they care for you. And, 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 you know, they, they want to, you know, cause like, listen, we've, I've been robbed as a kid. I've been beat up as a kid. I, you know, I want a part of me is here because I didn't want to see that happen to somebody else, you know, or you didn't want to see somebody get assaulted or somebody, you know, I've had friends, young friends killed in car accidents. I don't want to buy drunk drivers. I don't want to see that happen. So, I mean, there's all these reasons why people become police officers and most of them are for good reasons to help people. So yeah, I would say I'm definitely a helper, and I and I and I would say 99.9 percent of the people that come on this job are here to help. You know, I mean, some people take it because it's a city job and it's good pay. All right, yeah, there are <laughs> there's going to be a few of those, but I mean, you, you trust me, you're not lasting long in this job if you don't like people and you don't like talking to people and dealing with people because that's all we deal with. Every call from call to call to call, I'm dealing with more people and more people. You know, and some days we could be out there having a bad day and we're frustrated, and some days we're not. You know. Do you, uh, do you want to tell me about the, the Boston Marathon? Because um, you were, you were, were you there at, like, at the time? I was working for B2 for probably about a year or two. And so, but the finish line where the bomb, so I heard, we heard the explosions. And we thought it was like, you know, we were right above the pike where we were. And I was like, Jesus, that sounds like something happened. It was a car crash. Like from where we could tell, you knew it was something, but you didn't know it was something bad. But we didn't know exactly that it was an explosion, you know, or a, a bomb. And um, but then we started hearing like people that I knew. I heard their voices screaming for help on the air. And, you know, these are all guys I worked with for years down District 4. So I was like, oh, God, something bad has happened. And I'm listening and I'm like, what is going on down there? And then the other one goes and now they start really start screaming. And now um, it's it, it just complete chaos on the air. And we're literally like we all started running. We all started running for the finish line. But now, um, you know, because we have, you know, people, you know, people upstairs are going, hey, wait a minute, stop. 
we don't know how many of these there are. Everybody stand your post. So we all had to kind of go back and, you know, kind of look out for any, we weren't sure if there's going to be any more devices or anything like that. So, but now you're hearing your friends down there, you know, there's been two explosions. Everyone else in front of you is a civilian that's here to root, you know, they're screaming for the marathon runners. They have no idea what happened. And uh, it was just, it was a crazy, crazy, crazy time, you know? And, um, you know, I tried texting my friends, but they shut all the phones down because I wanted to see if everyone's okay. I mean, we, we were hearing these crazy things that cops were killed and all kinds of stuff. Uh, well, we'd heard that people were killed and that we, you know, just assumed there was cops down there that they were killed too. So, you know, it, it started to get really real for, you know, you know, everywhere. I mean, it was extremely real for the guys that were stationed down there because they were dealing with all these poor people that were injured and hurt. And uh, the three young people that were, were murdered that day it was just awful. Um, but, you know, it's funny because, all the police officers online, and I kind of the reason I'm telling the story is because somebody dropped like a lot of times on the marathon route, people will drop stuff over the barriers and they'll ask the officer to pick it up. And I can remember like just listening to the radio and everyone, you know, all the civilians watching have no idea what's going on. And we know exactly what's going on. And we know that something, whether it's going to be an evacuation or something's coming and uh, somebody drops something and they said, officer. Obviously, you can pick that up. And I'm, you know, listening to my buddy scream on the air for more ambulances. And I literally booted that guy's thing. <laughs> and he was like, why did you do that for? And I felt so bad. But I'm like, I was so mad. I was just so mad that someone attacked such a great day for the city of Boston. Like, the, I've been going to the marathon since I was a little kid. And, uh, you know, I can remember, like, like, um, you know, like, just, just like those three young people that were killed. I can remember being in college going down there. I can remember being a little kid going down there. Um, and, um, like, um, you know, I could just remember being young going down just to watch the marathon. It's a great day. It's, 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 it's full of families and, and, and people having fun. And, and, you know, so I just was so bummed out that, that they would do it and that, you know, people actually died. It's just, it was so sad. And, uh, it, it was a tough day. And, and, you know, all my buddies were down there and, and you know, they saw some crazy, crazy things down there. But they also saw some great things. They saw people helping people and and and, um, you know, strangers helping strangers. And, and so a lot of good, you know, as much as the tragedy that came out of the Boston Marathon, so much good came out of it as well. You know, I hate to say that, but it, it, it's true. Like it, it brought a lot of people together, you know. But it, like I say, there, so much so much good. You know, listen, nothing good comes out of three young people losing their lives. And, and you know, one of the things I wore the Martin Richard Foundation shirt because I was literally my heart broke when I saw that there was like a you know, nine or a 10 year old kid. He might have been an eight. He was a young kid, you know, just sitting there doing exactly what I did when I was eight, watching the Boston Marathon. You know, wh whether he wanted to be there or he didn't, I don't know. But his parents were there, his family was there, and they were having a great day, as the Boston Marathon is. It's a great day. And it just broke my heart when I saw that little kid uh, murdered. Uh, and, you know, that's why, if you guys notice, I'm wearing uh, his shirt when I'm I'm on Survivor. And they wanted me to wear a Boston shirt. And I said, you know, I, they, I, they, I had had this Boston sweat. They want a Boston sweatshirt, so I found this nice green Boston sweatshirt. And I said, uh, and they said, well, we want a Boston T-shirt. I said, well, I'm not going to be this tool that wears a Boston sweatshirt and then rips it off to see a Boston shirt. So I said, what about this? And I brought up the Martin Richard Foundation shirt. It was a gray shirt with a with the Zakem Bridge on it. And uh, she goes, well, what is that? So I, I I sent them the link to it, and they and they loved it. And they said, you know what? That I said I was working that day. I says, uh, you know, it breaks my heart that this kid was. You know, he's a Boston kid. He's a Dorchester kid. I go, this is a real Boston T-shirt. I said, I want to wear it. 
and they were like, you know what? We like that. And uh, so I got to wear it on the show. And, 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 you know, I hope people bought the shirt and I hope that they helped to raise money for Martin Richard foundation, which raises money for um, uh, schools and um, you know, uh, sports and stuff like that for kids. And, um, you know, it was, it was, it, 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 it was a horrible day, but like I said, a lot of good came out of it, unfortunately, you know? Yeah. Uh, what, well, what was it like, uh, coming back from survivor, like, uh, as, as a cop, uh, did, did, were, did people start treating you differently in any way? Uh, no, no, the guys, the guys at work still <laughs> thought I was a jerk and they're probably right. No, uh, no, 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 no. Like, um, I, like some people, I mean, I, you know, she start getting hit up on by all kinds of strangers, but there was like some old friends that I hadn't talked to in a while that reached out cause they saw it in the paper or, or they heard me on the radio and, and, um, you know, that was really cool. It was, it was, it was really good to, to talk to people and, and, uh, that, that I hadn't talked to in a long time and, and people seem to really enjoy it. And a lot of survivor fans are reaching out and it gets a little overwhelming. I'm not going to lie. Like, uh, recently I've, I've had a ton of people hit me up about, you know, when I first started to get popular, I guess I should say like probably like October, November, people started reaching out to, Oh, when I came out and I had some younger people reach out to me and, you know, they're struggling with it and stuff like that. And so I try to help, but I'll tell you, it gets overwhelming. And, um, you know, I can only, I can only keep so many conversations going. Like I don't have time to text a thousand people. So I kind of feel mm-hmm. bad about it, but it's all, there's only so many people I can, I, I, you know, I have to text people in my life too, you know? So it's like, I can only like message people so much. So I, I've kind of gotten away from that, but it, it is, it's a little overwhelming, you know, when, when, uh, when the show is, but it's, it's good now. Like I love the fans. Um, I, I really enjoy it. I hear a lot of people go, um, who will remain nameless would say, Oh, you know, this is how you talk to a survivor person. It's like, I, I don't, I don't lay those parameters. Like if you're a survivor fan, come up and talk to me. I, I love survivor too. Let's talk. I, I, you know, if I wasn't on the show, I'd be excited to see Richard Hatch or Colby or, or Tina Wesson. Like I, I wouldn't, don't feel like you have to, you know what I mean? Like it, it's fun to talk about, you know? So that's all, but I, I can't keep, I guess I'm throwing this out there. I can't keep texting everybody cause I just don't have the time. You know? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I wasn't even on Survivor, and I have that problem. So, <laughs> <laughs> and you want to be nice, but it's like I, I can't do this anymore. I just can't. Do, like I, I don't know what to say. You know, like I, it's, I, I don't know. You know. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you, you go to, uh, you go to these, uh, these live events, these know it alls a lot. How's that? Oh, those are a blast. Those are a blast. Um, you know, I do. I really like to know it all fans. Um, they just, it, <laughs> they kind of. Uh, I don't know, man. They just like I when I did the Andrew, I did Andrew's show, which is at People TV, mm-hmm. and I come out. I go, all right, where's the Rob has a podcast fans? Where are the Rap, where's the R Hap fans? And uh, they, oh, we're over here. Okay, go right over there. I I just I, I have a uh, I, I have a good rapport with them, you know, and and they're all good people, and and you know uh, they've been <laughs> they they laugh at my jokes. So what the hell? <laughs> I, I love them. I love them, and and it's been a lot of fun, and and I love the live shows, man. It's so it's so fun, and I and and Rob has been so nice to let me get up and do the song, and uh, I love to sing, uh, even though I might not be the best singer, but I do love to sing, and uh, I love to sing the. Uh, I, I remember he called me up. He goes, "Hey," uh, I says, "Hey, I'm coming to New York." It was like the first live show, and he goes, "Oh, you want to introduce us?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, I want to introduce you, but I want to sing this song." <laughs> <laughs> and he goes all right he goes i have an instrumental version so go ahead so it's so funny and um 
I, you know, him and Fishback have been great to me and Fishy. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. And, and, and they're, they're really good guys. They put on a great show. And I, I, I am so excited that I am kind of a little bit a part of it, you know, just, just a little bit. I come in, I sing, and then I get off the stage. But it's, uh, it's, been, it's been fun. Yeah, no, they're they're always uh, a ton of fun, um, and uh, you're, you're becoming a staple. Everyone everyone loves you at these things. Well, I love everyone, and I'm glad to hear that they're enjoying me because I would hate I would hate for them to have to see me if they didn't want me there. <laughs> <laughs> um, do, do have you sung a lot, or is that something that you've that you've done a lot, or is it just something that you uh, wanted to do for the know it alls? Well, Taryn, I'm glad you asked this answer because we're, we're going to have to start getting into some personal stuff here, but. Um... Not that I haven't already, but no. Um, so I love to sing. Uh, my grandfather was an opera singer in, uh, he's originally from Canada. Um, he was from Ottawa and, uh, he came down, he was a singer in the Catskills, opera singer, great singer. And, um, I was lucky enough to, um, uh, be able to sing as well, you know? So I've always sang do karaoke, do all that stuff. Uh, just, you know, never professionally, just for fun, you know? And, uh, always been a huge music fan. I love music. And, um, but I, so I got sick before the show aired and, um, I lost my voice, but I was doing these, like all these, um, like we were doing these live survivor shows, you know, uh, like not live survivor shows, like, like, uh, what do you call them? Um, like when everyone comes to watch viewing parties. Right. Yeah. And so I have to yell. I'm so I, I've lost my voice cause I was sick, but now I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. I end up bruising a uh, vocal cord. So I couldn't figure out what the hell was wrong. I'd lost my voice for like a year. So I lost my singing voice. It's finally been fixed and it's it's healing. But um, yeah, so I haven't, I even though I've been singing at these things, I'm not 100%. So I'm telling everyone, wait till this spring when uh, <laughs> when Rob has the next one, because I'm going to kill it, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so um... is he, is he, has he announced where he's doing the next live one? Or is he being um... sneaky? He likes to be <laughs> sneaky, that one. I don't know. Uh, well, we know Big Brother Canada is coming back, so we might go to Toronto again. That would be fun. We have to go to Toronto. Okay. Yeah. I am a Canadian. My grand, well, I mean, I'm American, but my grandfather was a Canadian, although he did. My grandfather joined the American Army when he was um, in his late 20s, I think, and stormed the beaches of Normandy in the Second Armored Division. So he's an unbelievable guy. This is a singer, but he's a Canadian, very proud Canadian. Um, so I, if you guys go back to Toronto, I'm definitely going. I love Toronto. You know, um, I love Canada. So, yeah, no, Toronto is one of my favorites. Um, and, and, you know, Star Trek Canada is my favorite show, too. Rob knows that. And I actually want to start doing a podcast on Star Trek Canada. But uh, I, no. So here's the thing, right? I'm going to start following um, Big Brother Canada because I hear Big Brother Canada. Mm -hmm. I, I've never been into Big Brother. I probably have watched one or two episodes, but I've heard great things about it. So I'm going to start watching. And I hear that uh, Big Brother Canada is really good, right? Yeah, almost consistently has been uh, better than uh, than the U.S. counterpart. Well, I, you know, I got to say, I love that Arissa Cox. Is she not the most? Oh, she's great. I've met? She was and, amazing. Yeah, I, I met her uh, in Toronto, and she was just like incredible. I met her in Toronto, right? And I'm like, oh my god, that's the host of Big Brother Canada. And then she comes over, she goes, oh my god, you're Brett from Survivor. I love you. And I was <laughs> like, oh my god, she knows who I am. And it was the coolest thing. And she could not have been nicer. And she recently tweeted something out about me, and she's just very sweet. I really like her. So I, if you guys go back up there for that, I'm definitely coming. You know, tell Rob stop being a baby. Book his flight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope we do. Um, all right. Well, uh, very fun talking to you. I, uh, I hope to see you the next time we do a, a live show. 
All right, Taryn. Hey, thanks so much, man. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. And um, uh, I really enjoyed that. If you ever want to do it again, let me know. Awesome. I'll talk to you later. All right, take care. Taryn's asking questions. Taryn's finding out. Taryn's looking deeper. That's what it's all about. It's the Taryn Show. So you know.